As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Now it's time we do this every Monday. Colin right, Colin wrong, and here we go. Where Colin was right. Bears finally all in on Caleb Williams. How do I know? Justin Fields has scrubbed his Bears social media accounts. It's what the kids do, whatevs. It's also the right decision. Three years in, his numbers have plateaued. Jordan Love made quantum leaps from week five to week 12. Three years, he's the worst fourth quarter quarterback in the league. Um, Very Zach Wilson-like numbers in the weaker NFC. I don't know why the Chicago media just paralyzed by the thought of moving off him, but you're just not seeing enough growth. I do think he deserves a second shot somewhere, and I think he's earned it. He's an athlete. He moves. he got a pretty good whip. He can throw it. But right now, in that defensive culture with Chicago, a franchise that can't get quarterbacks right, clearly they're making the right decision, moving on to drafting Caleb Williams. Where Colin was wrong. Daniel Jeremiah comes on this show and others, a very respected former scout for multiple team personnel guy. He's got J.J. McCarthy going eighth to Atlanta. Jay Mack has been on this for six months. I don't see it. I see a guy that's too slender, 6'3 and 200 pounds, a little spindly to me. I look at him and I think Michigan coach, Michigan O-line, Michigan run game, Michigan defense. A lot of guys could have won in that system. But increasingly, people that I respect are just love him. So now I do think he's better uh, than a Zach Wilson who I didn't buy at all or a Johnny Manziel. I think he's got some talent. I think he moves well. He's got a pretty good arm. So I'm I'm not saying, uh, you know, bust. I, I just don't see him as a top 10 quarterback. Late first, maybe early second. That makes sense to me. Somebody that can sit for a year and develop with the right offensive coach. But uh, I'm wrong on this. People I respect like him a lot. Where Colin was right. Russell Wilson now acknowledging himself that the future in Denver is at best tenuous. A report by Jeremy Fowler, ESPN respected reporter, that he would uh, take a veteran minimum for the right spot. Um, Listen, I said from the very beginning, it's a weird fit. 
Um, he is a very hopeful, optimistic guy. Sean, his coach, who I love, can be a little caustic and outspoken. I never thought it was a perfect fit. And I also think that Sean was so close with Drew Brees, whoever the quarterback was in Denver, it was going to be difficult. I think Denver goes out and drafts like a Bo Nix from Oregon. So we had a feeling this would end and pretty soon. Where Colin was right. Andy Reid set to sign a new contract. I never bought into this retirement talk. I called two people in the NFL I trust. They just rolled their eyes at the reports. I mean, for the record, there have been coaches that have retired and had good quarterbacks. But I don't. Th- I think if you have Patrick Mahomes in his prime for another four or five years, y- you just you just don't retire, right? There's there's times to retire. Uh, and Andy's getting up there in age, but I also think he's a creative soul and a play designer and personality that likes to work and likes to help others. And I just don't think it's the time to leave. I think he's got five minimum great years left. Where Colin was wrong. The Mavericks are good and Kyrie Irving is crushing. In the last eight games, Dallas is 7-1. and one. Kyrie's happy. 27 a game, shooting 56% from the floor. I never thought this would work because Luka doesn't play defense, either does Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie is in a lot of drama, but it's working. They're playing really good basketball, and they've beaten good teams. They beat OKC. uh, They beat the Knicks. They beat Phoenix. They have the best record in the NBA in clutch games, 16-7. So it is working. I I was a cynic of it, but right now it looks good. Where Colin was right. I said this a couple weeks ago. Boston's gonna roll through the East. New York, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Philadelphia, they're not beating this team. Boston goes to New York, wins again. Um, By the way, we also said the Drew Holiday acquisition was really smart. We were sort of saying that we thought Marcus Smart, who was inconsistent offensively, hot and cold, Drew Holiday's like a significantly more offensively gifted and consistent version of Marcus Smart. We love that move. And by the way, Milwaukee's got good players. They got Dane. They're a shell of themselves, what they were with Drew Holiday. So right now, Boston is easily the best team, proving it again this weekend in the East. Where Colin was right. After the surprising uh, suspension, excuse me, of the Eagles' big Dom, the security guy, a report that Nick Sariani, the coach, on the sidelines regularly got into skirmishes with players because he took over some of the discipline role. Uh, I, my thing on Nick Sirianni is sometimes it feels like he's a coordinator. Like he just, sometimes as a coach, there's a certain gravitas. you got to be above the fray. Um, and listen, he can obviously win games with the right coordinators. I don't have Philadelphia making the playoffs. But according to a story, he was regularly getting into tiffs and arguments with players once the security guy, Big Dom, left. That's not good. Where Colin was right. Been saying for years, I think the Green Bay Packers last 25 years draft and develop as well as anybody. And Bleacher Report this weekend went back and looked at the last draft. You know who is number three? Quality of draft? The Green Bay Packers. Go look at their wide receiver and tight end draft picks. Go look at their offensive line for 20 years. I don't know, is it because they don't have an owner? Uh, Does it go back to Ron Wolf and sort of his system teaching GM after GM? Whatever it is, the Packers do the draft incredibly well. Maybe it's because they know they're not a hot free agent market. But last year, once again, 
not shocking, the Green Bay Packers nailed another draft. I've had my issues through the years with Green Bay. Only Pittsburgh, in my opinion, drafts and develops both sides of the ball as consistently well over the last 20 years. Steelers and Packers, where Colin was right and where Colin was wrong. So there was, a, a, I guess it, it was a, a moment, an incident this weekend where a, a really good Duke player, they got beat by Wake Forest, and uh, fans stormed the court, and the player got injured. We saw this with Caitlin Clark. People stormed the court. Players get knocked over. So first of all, um, asking college kids to be adults, it, it's not going to work. And now you can drink in most of these arenas and football stadiums. So asking a 19-year-old to have self-awareness Forget it. It's just trouble. But I do think I put a lot of this on the administration at Wake Forest. New rule. If you're hosting a Duke, a Kentucky, a Carolina, a Kansas, especially if it's a national TV game, a weekend game, and they're coming to your arena, how about tripling your security force? How about going from like 12 people to 30 You only have to do it once a year. You have the budget for it. All these schools pay their coaches a lot, and the facilities are expensive. Ramp up your security force. Also, it's not hard to tell both teams, hey, listen, this is going to get emotional. When the game ends, do your best job to go to your huddle. We'll put security around you, and you can walk off the floor. Everything is solvable. Again, I don't love fans running on the court, but I don't want to be old guy yelling at the sky. You're never, it doesn't matter. I've seen it happen. Hank Aaron hit a home run in the 70s, and people were rushing onto the field. You're never going to get fans, inebriated, lubricated fans, 19 years old in a college campus, to have total self-awareness. This is what they do. You know, they get they get uh, lubricated. They have fun. It's Duke. It's a big brand. You can't triple quadruple security one time a year in the sec what do they do security around the coach they don't do that in the pac-12 because you don't need to do that in the pac-12 i don't even know if they do it in the big 12 or the big 10 or the acc but in the sec the administrators know you put four or five security guards around a nick saban a kirby smart that's what you do seems to me this would solve a lot of it the duke head coach john shire on the court storming he didn't like it Disappointed we lost, uh, but look for me, it's I'm more concerned about the the well-being of our guys. You know, Flip sprains his ankle. When are we going to ban court storming? Like, when are we going to ban that? Like, how many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted right in their face? And it, it's a dangerous thing. Now, some people are suggesting you could sue the kids, and I do think in the second half, the public address announcer could make several every three minutes. I, I've heard this before when I've gone to big events. Do not come on the field. You can be prosecuted. I think that would help. It would slow a few people down. But y- you can't legislate everything. People are going to speed on the freeway. You're going to get idiots on airplanes. Y- you can't legislate everything. Kids, inebriated, arena, when Kentucky's in town or Carolina, some are going to storm the court. It's up to the university 
It's not difficult for once or twice a year to triple security, have four or five players around the Duke or the Kansas bench, whoever's visiting in your arena, and the minute that thing gets close, they surround the team. Players are told, don't worry about shaking hands. We can do it later. We'll do it under the arena. We'll do it in the locker rooms. Get off the floor immediately. Run to your bench. We'll surround you and walk you off. It's not going to be ideal, but the idea of banning storming the court <laughs> it's i went to a football game in seattle this year between seattle and oregon good luck when washington on the last play of the game you know holds off oregon and wins good luck telling nine thousand college kids hey stay put nine bud lights in it's not gonna happen one more herd the herd streams 24 hours a day seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app Search Heard to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The code is HERD, H-E-R-D. New customers can bet 5 bucks, get $150 instantly in bonus bets. That's only at DraftKings Sportsbook and only with the code HERD, H-E-R-D. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-367. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. It's called The Dynasty. There's 10 total episodes. We are through four. The Dynasty is on Apple TV. Uh, We're going to bring the director on in a second. Episode six features Gronk. This is a great trailer, a great tease as we're through four episodes. Five is being released, I think, in a couple days, maybe tomorrow. Here's a look at a trailer for episode six with Gronk. When I was drafted to the Patriots, it was a proud moment. 
My family came on stage as well. We got in a huddle. We were doing hoo, 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 hoo in the huddle, jumping up and down. And then all of a sudden, I get a phone call from the Patriots. Hi, Rob. And they said, hey, Rob, like, you can get off the stage now. Like, enough is enough. And I'm sitting there like, wow, I'm already in trouble. It's been five minutes since I've been on the Patriots, and I'm already in trouble. <laughs> it's called The Dynasty. The director, uh, Matthew Hamachek, is joining us live. He also did uh, producer of Tiger on HBO, which was fantastic. Multiple Emmy, Emmy nominations. So um, has there been... You didn't grow up a Patriot fan. You watched like many people did from the outside. Um, has there been a surprise? Exactly. A surprise for you, Matthew, in, in creating this? I think, honestly, everything was a surprise to me because, <clears throat> as you said, I didn't grow up a Patriots fan. I rooted for the Green Bay Packers. And so I knew sort of the headlines that we had all seen. But the thing that I did know is that the Patriots were a team that sort of always kept you at arm's length. So you were really never let inside the building. And, and when I finally got the opportunity to talk to the 70-plus you know, players and coaches and everybody else, um, you know, I really got to listen and let them tell me their stories as opposed to sort of coming in with some kind of preconceived notion, you know, about this is the way that I saw their story and I want them to talk about it the way that I saw it. It was really just listening because these were the guys that were sort of in yeah. the room when all these incredible decisions were made that led to great successes. But these were also the guys that were there when this thing sort of fell apart at the seams towards the end. So my perception is Brady is very authentic. Randy Moss, Ty Law, Laugh Out Loud Funny, Teddy Bruschi, and I know Teddy well. All It's so fitting. He's so full of energy. And then Belichick, it, it, it's, I feel like Belichick wants to be in it to sort of cover his butt, but he's a little defensive and a little grim. My takeaway is Belichick comes off as... Okay, I'm going to do this thing. Um, it doesn't feel like he's he's raw, raw, like everybody else who's really into the storytelling. What was your takeaway on Bill, the interview, and how it's come off? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I feel like we got a bunch of different sides of Bill. When, you know, you think back to when he's telling the story of when he first gets, uh, he calls Randy Moss, uh, and Randy's in a club, and this is sort of a story that's told between Randy Moss and Bill Belichick. He calls him because he says, you know, it's time to come to New England, and Randy thinks that he's being pranked. He thinks that there's somebody trying to pretend to be Bill Belichick on right. the other end. And so you get this great dialogue with the two of them, and Bill's laughing about it and saying, you know, I, I, uh, I guess he doesn't want to come to New England. But then, you know, when we get into some of the tougher subjects, you know, like Spygate, Deflategate, Aaron Hernandez, right. you know, why was Malcolm Butler not, you know, playing in the Super Bowl against the Eagles, you know, you can tell that he doesn't necessarily want to talk about these things. But I thought it was really, really important that he gets asked the exact same questions that everybody else does. Yeah. Ernie Adams, a very likable um, kind of, I mean, it's like he's this world's smartest caddy. He literally, he leans on him, Bill leans on him entirely throughout this. And I would argue that when Ernie Adams retired, it was never quite the same. Um, describe people who have never seen Ernie Adams and the role he plays, because I think he's been undervalued in this whole dynasty, his brain power and Bill's trust for him. 
Yeah, so Ernie Adams, for everybody that has never seen him and, uh, you know, hasn't watched the show yet, this is a guy, you know, he's got these big glasses and this mustache, but, you know, when you think about Bill Belichick, we think about this guy who's sort of an ardent student of the game, a guy who knows everything that there is about football and loves football. I think that Ernie is one step above that, and he was intimately involved in all sorts of big moments throughout the dynasty, you know, at the end of Super Bowl 36 when there's a minute 36 left on the clock and John Madden is saying they should take this thing to overtime. It's Ernie Adams who Bill Belichick goes to and says, hey, Ernie, what do you want to do? And he's the one who says, yeah. let's let's go for it because I think we're gassed. And you, you said earlier the thing about uh, if after Ernie left, everything was over and you know the dynasty sort of came to an end. And I, one of the things that I always think about is there was that game against the Raiders after Ernie left. It was one of the last couple of years when Mac Jones was yeah. uh, the quarterback, and they did the backwards ladder. They did the lateral thing, and and um, you know it, it it led to a defensive touchdown. Ernie Adams was always the guy in everybody's ear saying, "Just be careful. Make sure you kneel on it." it. Was game management. It was stuff like that. It was making sure everybody on the team was aware of the clock, and he would have been in everybody else's ear at that moment saying. Just make sure if this happens, you take a knee and, and you don't let something like what transpired, you know, happen. Uh, there, the, the Jeff Benedict, you know, obviously got approval from the crafts. If there's any criticism, people have said it's from a crafts perspective. Is that a fair criticism of the dynasty? I, you know, I don't I don't think it is. I, I think that the thing that was important to me is if you if you know anything about the Patriots and I learned a lot as I told this story was that over the years there have always been specific lenses through which this story has been told. So, for example, um, Education of a Coach by Halberstam was written and that was really the story of the beginning of the dynasty through Bill Belichick's eyes. And then, you know, Tom Brady had his own documentary series. And the thing that we really set out to do was to let all 70 plus players and coaches and, you know, front office execs and, you know, Roger Goodell and the rivals and people who were tangentially connected all really have a say and let them tell their story through their perspective. What did Brady's title in Tampa, um, did it, what did it mean for the legacy of New England? Will we find that out? Is that talked about? I don't think we go into what his time in Tampa means for the overall legacy, because in a lot of ways that's a, sort of an intellectual conversation. I think what we always wanted to focus on is the characters and how they interacted with each other and bounced off of each other. And so... You know, what we do document over the course of the last three episodes is that, you know, how this thing came to an end and the tension that was in the building. And episode nine in particular is one where you really get to go inside the room and hear what it was like as Bill and Tom's relationship starts to fall apart. Yeah. Aaron Hernandez is obviously uh, um, was an unbelievable player and a very controversial part of what was a controversial dynasty. Was that difficult to ask about and probe about the Aaron Hernandez situation? Yeah, so that episode comes out in, uh, this Friday. It's episode six. And I think the thing that was most important to us there was that, you know, we... we as I started to talk to the players about this, what we realized is that there's sort of a duality to, the, to Aaron Hernandez. Obviously, yes, there's the tragic part that everybody read about in the newspapers, 
but the other side is a guy who is deeply loved within the organization. And I think, you know, you could obviously do a sort of true crime version of this, but that's not the kind of story that we like to tell. And I think what we wanted to do was get out of the way and let the people who are actually there tell their story of Aaron Hernandez. And that involved a lot of things, but it was also showing how much he meant to all of them and really showing the human side to him. Uh, Malcolm Butler didn't play in a Super Bowl. Brady was reportedly angry. Is that focused on much here? Because, it, you know, there's a lot of arguments. <laughs> that was Tom, one of his best performing Super Bowls, and they just couldn't force Philadelphia to punt. The Malcolm Butler story, is that coming up? Yeah, episode nine, uh, which is an episode about a lot of the tension that's within the building. And the thing that you have to understand about that is that I think the Patriot program is a hard program to play in for these guys. It's mentally exhausting, but they know that every year they're able to compete for a championship and they're willing to go through it because they know Bill's a great coach. They know that Tom's an incredible quarterback and they know that they all come together that they can play and win a championship. But that was an instance where after everything that they had gone through that year, which we detail, um, they get to the biggest stage and Malcolm's not playing. And these guys that were there, the players use words like, how, why don't we have Malcolm back in to sort of stop the bleeding? That's one of the things that Matthew Slater says. And then at the end, one of the players says, as he's walking off the field, he says, I put everything on the line for this team, for this game. And I don't even get an explanation. And I felt cheated. And I don't feel bad saying that. And we have a reporter, Nora Princiati, who was actually in the locker room. And she talks about how, and you know, she's half joking, but I think there's some truth to it, is that it almost felt like there was a mutiny on the team at that point. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Uh, finally, you did Tiger um, on HBO, and you've done the Dynasty. Any parallels, any comparisons? I mean, obviously, Tiger and Brady are sort of American sports royalty. Any connections there? Did you, did you sort of build them differently, or do you see some parallels? I, I think really the only comparison between the two of them is that they weren't always the most talented person when they started out, right? I think that the thing that, that ties them together is that they both outworked everybody. And that's the story really of Tom Brady. He talks about the fact that he wasn't the fastest. He didn't have the best arm, uh, you know, a lot of things like that. And so, you know, you constantly see Tom finding ways to give himself the edge so that he can compete on the highest level. And that, you know, obviously is something that he did in college and high school. But even when he had won multiple Super Bowls, this was a guy who was constantly working at just the tiniest little things, whether that was his nutrition or anything else, so that he could play and continue to play at the highest level possible until he was 45 years old. Matthew Hamachek, it's the Dynasty, Apple Television. Um, they're through four episodes. I thought episode four was completely gripping. It's Randy Moss's arrival. It's Spygate. It's losing the Super Bowl. Uh, there's a great line about what the locker room was like. Go watch it after that Super Bowl loss to the Giants. And it was really jarring to me the impact it had on these veteran players. Matthew, I appreciate you stopping by. Congrats. I can't wait to watch the next episodes. First four have been a blast, and thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me on. You bet. Uh, it, it, one of the things I like about documentaries is, and I've read I think Seth Wickersham's book, Jeff Benedict's, Ian O'Connor's is great. So, I mean, it's, it's American history. You can read all you want, but some of the footage you see, 
it's interesting to watch how engaging the Patriot players are. Like, they're, they're really reveling in how great it was. And you cannot imagine how difficult that David Tyree catch and that loss to the Giants was. If you could take one play out of that 20-year dynasty, that would be it. If you asked every Patriot, that catch would be it. Because if, if, as you watch the episode, you, you, you get a sense of how brutal... And all these dynasties have bad losses. They have ugly losses. I mean, go back to the, the dynasty, the Warriors dynasty against Cleveland when LeBron makes the block and Kyrie hits the shot. There's always USC's dynasty against Texas. They need a yard and they can't get it or Vince Young doesn't get the ball back. So it's, uh, it's worth your time. Apple TV. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. A lot of stuff popping at the Combine in Indy. Um, we'll start with the Commanders who hold the second overall pick in the draft. Looks like they'll get a quarterback. A lot of people say Drake May. Some say Jaden Daniels. Well, according to new Washington GM Adam Peters, the team has not decided whether they will draft a quarterback or stick with Sam Howell. Really, Cliff and I haven't talked too much specifically on him. We really just talked about quarterback play in general um, and what he looks for in quarterbacks and how we can find that right fit for him if that's what we're going to do. And certainly that hasn't been decided yet by any stretch of the imagination. We still have a lot of work to do. What we're going to do, whether it's that pick or later, uh, we really like what we have in Sam right now. So we're really excited about that too. You know, you contrast that with what you heard from the Denver GM earlier about, we don't have any calls about Russell Wilson yet. That Adam Peters, well done in Washington. That's the right answer. Hey, we don't know what we're going to do. We got we to gotta, um, have an analysis of Howell. They got a new coach, GM, and offensive coordinator. We know they're going down a new road, but you got to play the negotiating game. I mean, maybe they could flip Howell and get something in return. I don't know, fifth round pick. Ryan, can we tape this segment? Commanders make the playoffs. Feel strongly about that. You don't even know who their quarterback is. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Gonna win they're gonna win 14 to 13 every week. Dan Quinn, toughness. Salary. You know, defensive coaches, he's gonna go buy a couple defensive players. I would prefer he spends money on offense, but they have good receivers and backs. Gotta shore up the offensive line, get a quarterback. Fastest way to win is keep the score close. Dan Quinn's going to lean in on that free agent market. He's going to lean into some defense in the O-line. I don't, I don't hate that. I'm kind of with you. Uh, next up, let's take it to the NFL. Justin Herbert, you know, listen, man, he, he wasn't great last year, had the injury, but now he gets his third head coach and fourth offensive coordinator in the last five seasons. It's a tough recipe for success. But with the hire of Jim Harbaugh, Herbert sounds ready to, uh, you know, finally get some wins and get to the playoffs. Fired up, you know. Uh, he's done such a, a great job at the NFL level, college level. He's he's had success wherever he goes, and you know he's a competitor. He wants to win, and um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to play for him. And just talking about the offense, his vision for what the team looks like, offense, defense. Um, you know, I, I know this is their busy time where they're dealing with the combine, putting in the offense, kind of getting together their entire staff. So, um, you know, from the the times that I have talked to him, he, he seems like a competitor. He just wants to win, um, and that's definitely a guy you want to play for. He's got franchise quarterback hair. See that? What, the bedhead? That's no, franchise quarterback kind hair. Kind of rock star. Put a little gel in there. Look a little L.A. I like it. Hey, that, he is not L.A. So I just looked it up. Greg Roman is the O.C. Yep. Um, he was with Harbaugh yep. in San Fran with Kaepernick 
back in the day. Previously, he was with the other Harbaugh brother in well, Baltimore. He, he, he'll build a run game. They, they, Harbaugh's going to build a run game. They're going to go get us in the draft. I can tell you, they're going to get a center. They're going to draft a running back or acquire one in free agency. They're going to get another offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Don't be surprised. A lot of people have them getting a receiver in the first round. Do not be surprised if they go get size early. Just as a statement, keep your eye on that Oregon State oh, offensive no. tackle. That I had dude's a mauler in my mock. No. You watch Harbaugh's going to make a... He's not going to go get some skinny wide receiver. Harbaugh's going to go get physicality all through this draft. Roma Dunaze is not just a skinny wide receiver, okay? Come on, put some respect on the young man's name. He is an awesome talent. One of us saw him live. He's pretty good. Um, So they'll trade down from five. Yeah, I think they should. I think they trade down... Just trade down and get another third-round pick because they got about seven needs. So let's get another good pick. And then they need a center, a right tackle... Um, another receiver, a tight end, an outside linebacker, because Khalil Mack, probably he or Bosa are gone. I would get another safety, another corner. So if you trade down and can get like a third and a sixth, they just need more picks. Yeah. Maybe somebody will trade up for your guy Bo Nix or, or J.J. McCarthy. Yeah. Laugh all you want. I'm not laughing. Just scoffing. Bo all right, final, okay. <laughs> final story is my New York Jets where GM Joe Douglas, he's had a lot to say. He had a presser today at the Combine, mm-hmm. and he spoke at length. A lot of this Mecole Hardman stuff is kind of blowing up in the Jets' face. Yeah. Very embarrassing timing. So uh, Douglas talked about he and Woody Johnson. They're on the same page, and they know exactly what to do going forward. There's a lot of talent coming back to this team. We have to add more to it. We know exactly what we have to do moving forward. Um, and... The pressure is always intrinsic in this job whenever you walk in every day. Um, but I can tell you that we're not stressed. We're, we're, um, we're prepared. We're prepared to, uh, to answer the bell here. We haven't won enough. I mean, that's, that's obvious. Uh, but weirdly enough, I feel like the culture is in a really good place with the people that we have. Uh, we just have to go out and do it. Also to be noted, um, Douglas said that the Jets have given Zach Wilson permission to seek a trade. Uh, I'll let you crack the jokes on that one. Um, I know where he's going. Yeah, I I heard your video earlier. Go ahead and let the public know. Arizona. Go back west. Right next to Utah. Family. He can move. Good arm. Just like Zach. He, he has, if you're going to have a backup to but Kyler why Murray. why would Arizona invite, like, a quarterback controversy, Zach Wilson versus Kyler it's not, Murray? It's not a controversy. Kyler's the star, and Zach is a failed franchise guy. I, I was Just joking. No, yeah. And so you bring on a guy who has been a starter, understands the, uh, you know, the role of being a starter. So he comes in respectfully, knows he's not the guy, doesn't have any pressure, but he's been the starter in a big media market, so he knows what Kyler goes through. Kyler's a little controversial. Zach Wilson, a little controversial. They can understand each other and they both have a very similar game Kyler's obviously better but they move well good whip they can move it um, mm. I think it's um, both come with a little baggage so again it you don't have like a do-gooder and the controversy both guys come with a little edge little baggage it's probably the worst quarterback room in the division right no Bro- Brock no. Purdy and Darnold are better it's <laughs> not even close. Uh, Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Close. That's that's. And then four. Stafford and whoever the backup is. There is clearly no, better. There is no quarterback room. There's Matt Stafford. That's the room. They lock the door after Matt enters it. It's going to be a long off season for you if you if you keep 
locked in on this Kyler Murray's the man stuff. I mean, well, he he's the man in Arizona. That's not saying much. Well, career you record is you, you know a, a tick above Justin Fields. A tick. He made the playoffs. Not a tick. They got smashed by twenty five in the playoff game or twenty three or whatever. So did Dallas. You gonna bail on Dak? Yeah, Dak has a playoff win under his oh, belt. Oh, win. Oh, eight years a win. <laughs> my bad. He's got a couple. Let I me think. scale back on that criticism. <laughs> uh, J Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Uh, the utterly inspired all-electric EQE sedan from Mercedes-Benz. Hundreds of customizable comfort settings inside the cabin. It's the EV that recharges you. The vehicle all-electric. The choice all yours. Learn more at MBUSA.com slash EQE. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hi, it's The Herd. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Any. That's right. To celebrate college basketball's most frenzied time of the year, it's here. DraftKings is giving new customers a shot to rack up bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code heard once again, new customers bet five and get 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, code heard, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. So I saw this story. The Packers... There's a story today that, you know, I, I see this all the time. Everybody in the media wants to pay everybody. Jordan Love has a year left on his deal. Just let him play. I like Jordan Love. I don't love him yet because I don't know. Now, I do. My hunch is these young receivers and uh, these young tight ends in Green Bay are terrific. They always have good O-lines. They draft and develop at a high level. I think he's going to be really good. I think they found their guy. That's my hunch. But now every defensive coordinator, as I see this headline today, Packers need to sign Jordan Love to an extension sooner than later. They're going to have to pay him either way. I mean, 
unless you think he's going to tank, I don't, because all those young receivers and tight ends are going to get better. Lafleur, Aaron Jones, I think they found their guy. Let him play through the rest of the season. Defensive coordinators all have film now. So I think C.J. Stroud may pull back a little, and I like him a lot. Everybody's got film. So I think from weeks 3 to 17, there was about a 9, 10, you know, 11-week stretch or whatever it was, probably 9 or 10 weeks. I think Jordan Love really popped. I think a lot of it's Matt LaFleur. Let's be honest, not a lot of great defenses in the NFC. The best defenses were Kansas City and Baltimore and Buffalo. A lot of the best teams in the NFC, even the Niners' defense wasn't as good. They played in the division. Lions' defense stunk. Bears' defense was better at the end but not great. Vikings' defense was mediocre. Let's look at the Packers' schedule. Let's see who they play. Let's see the defenses. Everybody's got film. And I, you know, Jordan Love, there's two quarterbacks in the NFL that I really want to watch this year. If I had to say here, my top 10 quarterbacks in the league. And I don't know if the order's perfect, but it's somewhere around this. I would put Mahomes one, Josh Allen two, Burrow's injuries concern me, but three. Lamar Jackson, who I think's remarkable. Hasn't had the playoff success four. Matt Stafford, five. He can be a tad reckless, but five. Everybody I talk to in the league loves Justin Herbert, six. I'm a Trevor Lawrence fan, so I'd put him at seven. He was hurt last year. That's why he regressed. He was bad. I would put Jared Goff at eight, most underrated player in the league. You know I'm a huge fan of Kyler Murray. Aaron Rodgers at 10, bad O-line, off an Achilles surgery. I think C.J. Stroud's going to be good. Is it possible now that everybody has film and now he becomes son of a guy everybody targets? 11, Dak Prescott at about 12. And then there's two guys in the league that I think I see a remarkably high ceiling, but I don't know, Jalen Hurts and Jordan Love. Three years of Jalen Hurts. Eh, great, eh. Last year he was a turnover machine. Is he great or is it Shane Steichen? I don't know. Is he great or is it without Shane Steich in year one and three? Jalen Hurts is average. I think he's good. But we may have just seen great coach, perfect fit for Jalen Hurts. I think he'll get in the 12. And Jordan loves the other player. I think he'll get in the 12. That that division in the NFC does not have great defenses. I mean, what's the best defense in the NFC? Like people were talking about Dallas's defense. It got destroyed by Green Bay and destroyed by San Francisco. What about San Francisco's defense? Kyle Shanahan had to fire the defensive coordinator. How great was it? So I, I, I just my take is everybody's in a rush to pay everybody. Jordan Love's got a year left. They're going to have to pay him either way. But let's 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 give me about seven, eight more games. Let me see against the best teams. And I feel the same way with Jalen Hurts. With Brock Purdy, I think I've seen the ceiling, and it's pretty good. But I think Jordan Love and Jalen Hurts, I've seen like wow stuff. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's top six, seven stuff in the league. But with Jalen Hurts after this turnover-plague season, he didn't look very good from the pocket. Greg Cosell talked about it. He didn't look very good from the pocket. Now, I know you're saying Tua. I have Tua right outside the top 12. I don't think Tua can throw the ball down the field when it gets windy or wet. I think everybody on my list beyond Tua can. So I don't see a special athlete with Tua. I don't see a big arm with Tua. I watched him in Kansas City when it was windy. He could not throw the ball down the field. I think Tua's more about the weapons and the coach than Tua. He's fine. I get it.
This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.